back to another episode of Fuck Your Health. I'm your host, Savannah, and today we're doing something a little different. I'm solo today. I won't have a guest. In fact, you'll probably be getting a lot more solo episodes from me in the future. And although I don't have a guest with me on this episode, I still have quite a bit of information to talk about today. But first, I wanted to get into my expertise and a bit about what I do and why I talk about the topics that I do on this podcast. I have an undergraduate degree in nutritional science, and I'm currently working on my master's degree in nutrition and dietetics. I've worked in a bunch of nutrition fields. I've done clinical, community, and performance nutrition the most. So I've worked with heart and vascular patients, pediatric patients, I've taught nutrition courses over summers to children, and I've worked in the world of sports and performance nutrition for collegiate athletes. Currently, I work as a freelance nutritionist and as a diet tech. So I counsel clients and health businesses one-on-one to reach common health goals I assist other dietitians in the provision of food service and nutritional programs. I plan and produce meal guidance based on scientific guidelines, teach nutrition principles, and just so much more. Now, I bring this up because some of the topics that I'll be discussing both solo and with future guests greatly interwine with my background and the nutritional world. For example, what we're going to be talking about today is one of the most common health stigmas that lead to many other health issues mentally, physically, emotionally, and even nutritionally. So today we're going to be talking about weight stigma. You might know weight stigma as weight prejudice, weight bias, or sizeism. And they're all used interchangeably as the negative attitude and discrimination towards someone based on their body weight. Now, I'm going to go into some definitions here. And I found these definitions in an article review that was discussing the stats and self-reports of people who were experiencing weight bias. And it's really important to distinguish the differences between them. So there are three major ones. We have structural weight bias, interpersonal weight bias, and intrapersonal weight bias. So let's start with the structural weight bias. Structural weight bias focuses on social forces and institutions. And that includes mass media portrayals of people with obesity and different access to goods, services, and opportunities based on weight. Now, an example of this is, let's say a person goes to an institution, let's say it's a hospital, and they're seen as overweight or obese and starts getting a lack of treatment or a difference in treatment from the doctors or practitioners at this hospital. That would be an example of structural weight bias. And there have actually been multiple studies that have reported negative weight stigma outcomes in healthcare settings, and we'll touch on a couple of those in a little bit. Then we have interpersonal 
weight bias, which normally occurs in one-on-one interactions or in small groups. And finally, there's intrapersonal, otherwise known as internalized weight bias, which refers to the stigmatized groups or person's emotional, cognitive, and behavioral reactions to negative messages about their own abilities and intrinsic worth. So why does knowing this matter? Why is this important? Why are we talking about it? Just like all of the other episodes we do on this podcast, addressing stigmas is the best way to advocate and teach others why a specific bias or prejudice towards a topic can lead to misinformation and, in some cases, dangerous outcomes. So I found in a medical journal from the British Journal of General Practice that highlighted weight stigma really well. And in their article, they said this little blurb. Stigma, being a form of social rejection, can cause depression, anxiety, and lowered self-esteem. Further, patients who feel stigmatized can develop anxieties over seeking health care and therefore delay or avoid it entirely. The psychological stress of experienced stigmatization can itself contribute to the pathophysiology, which is simply known as the causation, of overweight. For example, stress-induced changes to endocrine function result in increased cortisol, which is your stress hormone, fatty acids, blood sugar, and LDL levels, which is your cholesterol that transports fat in your body. Patients who feel stigmatized are likely to discount feedback, and studies show that those who experience more obesity stigma place a lower value on health. Hence, enacted weight bias can directly preclude the success of health interventions for patients who are obese and overweight. Basically, what all that means is that the more weight stigma there is, the more likely someone is to avoid seeking health care and more likely to express negative health outcomes. Now, I also want to mention that weight bias tends to happen to the community that is higher in weight, but it could also affect people who have had extreme or unintentional weight loss or are considered at a quote-unquote normal weight. So I want to pause here and take a second to throw out some stats and results from different studies that I found that were interesting, especially because it involves different sets of people. So the first being 42% of U.S. adults say that they have faced some form of weight stigma, such as being teased about their weight or treated unfairly because of it, with physicians and coworkers listed as some of the most common sources. The second, among children, weight-based bullying is more common than bullying based on race, sexual orientation, or disability status. Third, sizeism is more frequently directed at women and individuals living with multiple stigmatized identities, such as gay or transgendered. And four, regardless of BMI, people who face weight stigma are more likely to engage in disordered eating or unhealthy eating behaviors, such as binge eating. Now, let's switch gears a bit 
and talk about obesity because weight stigma affects this population the most. So obesity is a very complex disease that should not be minimized to the calories in, calories out mantra that has become more common than not. And factors that contribute to weight might include biological issues such as genetics and hormones that change naturally when you age, developmental issues such as parental obesity, there's psychological issues including depression or a history of trauma, or environmental factors such as large portion sizes, which is where that nutrition comes in. And those are just a few possibilities. I also found in another article in clinical diabetes, which I found through Harvard Health's website, where these researchers summarized evidence of the health consequences of weight bias to people with obesity. And here are some of those consequences. So the first being changes in eating and physical activities, such as unhealthy eating behaviors, binge eating disorder, and lower motivation for exercise. The second being physiological reactions, including increased blood pressure, blood sugar, and levels of the stress hormone, cortisol. The third being reduced engagement with healthcare services, including less trust of healthcare providers and poor adherence to treatment. The fourth being effects on psychological health and distress, including depression, anxiety, substance abuse, and suicidal tendency. And the fifth being long-term health effects, including more advanced and poorly controlled chronic disease and low health-related quality of life. So that alone tells you that weight bias affects people's health negatively, both in the short term and the long term, no matter how well-intentioned you may be when addressing someone about their weight. Not to mention that weight stigma also plays a huge role in the development of eating disorders, which I won't go into detail on this episode, but it is important to mention. After knowing all of these statistics and knowing these health outcomes, how can you advocate for yourself and for others who are experiencing weight bias? So there are a few strategies I found through my research and popular Google searches, and this is what I found. Using people-first language is the first. Never referring to yourself or others as a obese person or morbid or overweight person because these terms are stigmatized. Obesity is a disease. You or a person is not a disease. So by switching from obese person to a person who has obesity or a person who suffers from obesity places the person first. For people that experience higher body weights, those communities might actually prefer terms like high weight or large bodied in both community and scientific settings. And you can also use person-first language with a lot of stigmatized diseases that affect a population. So it's not just about weight. The second way is learn about that person or the disease that affects them. I will never stop advocating for learning and education because the more you know, the better. The same is with inherent biases. I'll use obesity again as an example, but if you were to just learn about the disease, 
you might find that there is a great deal of information you might not know that would help limit that weight bias. The third is being seek legal protections. I said that correctly. There are protective laws and policies. Even though they're scarce, they are there, and the public support for them is large. There's about three-quarters of U.S. adults who support expanding anti-sizism protections in the workplace, and that 81% of U.S. parents support addressing weight-based bullying at the state and federal levels. So it's not out of the realm of possibility, and you can advocate for more protection against this bias. The fourth is being Harvard's Implicit Associations Test. I have taken this test before. They offer several self-assessments, and there are a few on weight stigma. And it's a really great resource to see if you have any biases towards people and their weight, even if you want to use this self-assessment to see if you have a different bias on something else. It's a really good resource to use. The fifth and final one is join a group. There are so many resources out in our world that can help you if you are someone who experiences weight bias. A really good example of one is the Obesity Action Coalition, which is a nonprofit that serves the needs of every individual affected by obesity and or any weight bias. So up until now, what have we learned? What have we talked about? We talked about the types of weight biases, who it affects, the negative effects of weight bias, and how to advocate ending it. Now, I really hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you have, or even if you haven't, please leave a review of the podcast on your preferred listening platform. It tells me how I'm doing and what you'd like to see from the podcast in the future. Also, feel free to share these episodes with your friends, family, colleagues, or on any social media platform so we can spread the knowledge and advocate to end health stigmas. That's all I have for you today, and I'll see you next time on Fuck Your Health. <laughs>